0: Hi, Laura. Hi, Pete. How you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am good as well.
1: That's good. Yeah. Um, did you have anything specific you wanted to talk about for a few minutes before we get started? Because I have a couple things. I do. But Ooh. first, Whoa. this
0: is His Dark Materials podcast.
1: That's right. That's good. Introduce the show.
0: Yeah. Got to do that.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, you go first. I want to hear what you've um, been thinking about for the last week.
0: We're doing broad strokes here.
1: Uh, it could be anything. I had some things that were like from last week's episode that I wanted to touch on again that we sort of stumbled over, but I have looked into.
0: OK, well, why don't you go first then? Because I just have stuff from this episode.
1: Oh, OK. Um, so we were talking about the forms that pan takes last time. Mm-hmm. And we did look up the one, I think I just burped into the microphone. Sorry, oh, that's everyone. Right. That's embarrassing. Um, <clears throat> but we talked about pan being a mink, which is also known as an ermine, which is also known as a stoat. And I didn't realize that those were all the same thing. It, the coat changes color depending on the season.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, but the other one that you said also looks sort of weaselly. You're correct. It's a pine martin.
0: A Pine Martin.
1: Yeah, you should Google image search that one too. You
0: might have sent me a Google image search of that, I actually. I mean, I send
1: you a lot of things, and whether or not you look at them, I look know, at them. Sometimes I just sometimes don't respond. You look at them. Okay. Well, yeah, Pine Martin was the other one. Okay. Um, and the other thing that we were speculating on is whether this show is a little bit family friendly. You know, like there's a little less gore than I might have anticipated given some of the major plot strokes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is indeed true. I read something that they even went so far as to edit out some of the demons, uh, dicks. Can I say that on the yeah, show?
0: You can say that I'm here. Mark. I think that's fine.
1: Wait, so yeah, there's no, there's no demon dicks. Or, and I'm assuming like no yeah. polar bear dicks I haven't either.
0: noticed uh, any dicks No, they edit on the them show. out
1: because it's family friendly, which I think is stupid. <laughs> I mean,
0: I don't care. They I,
1: were, I was specifically reading about Mrs. Coulter's demon because we were also talking about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone out there in the internet world said that they think his name is Ozymandias, even though they never mentioned that in what? the books or in the show. Watchmen
0: I just, and uh, his dark materials colliding together.
1: Yeah. They were also referencing that in this article I was reading, which I sent to you Weird. and you probably didn't read.
0: Uh, I did not.
1: Yep. Um, but it, I sent it. You have it. You can right. look at it. Uh, um, but yeah, it. they were talking about the golden monkey in particular that they had to edit out his wee wee. Okay. Um, but I was looking this episode at all the animals. Yeah, there, there's none to be seen.
0: Yeah, I think we would have noticed if that was a thing.
1: I mean, yeah. So I think that's a little silly.
0: Yeah. Sure.
1: But yeah, they're definitely going for a family friendly. Okay. Viewing experience. Um, that's what was, I'm gathering. That was
0: them. the vibe I got. Without thinking about demon dicks.
1: <laughs> well, now, now you've thought about it. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's all I had from last week. Did you have anything from like previous episodes that you no i, were I don't about? I don't
0: think I had anything else from last week's episode or previous week's episodes. Nothing like that um if it's okay to get into this week's episode, I have some general comments
1: without spoiling anything, yeah, without spoiling anything. All right, go for it.
0: just opinions.
1: Go for it. Opinions at the
0: front. I, I'm not crazy about lin Manuel Miranda's uh Lee Scoresby.
1: We're gonna talk about that right now.
0: It's kind of a general point without okay. going I'm, through the plot. I'm not
1: sure I agree with you, but
0: I don't hate it. Uh I just uh it's hard to follow in the footsteps of Sam Elliott's Lee Scoresby from the movie. I mean, we knew
1: that, though, already. Yeah. Um, It wasn't as bad as I thought, and I think I could even get behind it. But in general, my take this week is that we're kind of back on track, and I'm surprised that we got as much time with certain parts of this plot movement as we did. Like, I thought we might move even faster this episode than we ended up moving, Um, so I'm glad that it wasn't quite as rushed as the first three episodes. Although there still was a lot that happened.
0: There was a good bit that happened, but I do think the pace has slowed down a little bit the like, last few episodes.
1: Last few episodes?
0: This one and the previous one.
1: You think the previous one was slower? I didn't. No. But this it's at one, least at
0: book pace to me.
1: You think no. the last one was at book pace? Yeah. I don't agree. Okay. But this one I thought we got a little bit more time with some... Meeting some characters. I mean, we still met a bunch of new characters all at once. It wasn't like we got a whole episode meeting one character or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but it was slightly slower. Um, But as someone pointed out who is not a book reader, uh, you know, Lyra's in a different location each episode so far. Like it is moving fast, even for people who haven't read the books. Yeah. So fair enough. um, But we did get a little more time. With this particular series of events than I thought we might, so. Yeah. And we got a few more, like, book dialogue scenes again, so they're mm-hmm. they're keeping me hooked. They're feeding me little yeah. bits of hope here. This <laughs>
0: one, there was a good bit of dialogue in this one that was straight from the pages. Yeah,
1: it felt like more back on track. And there was less of this um, added in new stuff.
0: Yeah. I really like this episode, despite my apprehension about lee scoresby
1: we'll talk all about that later yeah we can get to that later all right so for those of you who haven't listened to before we give a blanket spoiler warning from here on out through the rest of the episode um if you haven't seen the first four episodes of the His dark material series on hbo and bbc now's the time to go and come back later once you've seen those or
0: check out our previous episodes if you're not all yeah, the way caught up but watch you've seen the show
1: some. and just listen to all of our episodes that's a good way to do it just why bother with the TV show yeah just uh check out all of the other episodes of this podcast
0: all right fair warning
1: all right so let's get into the recap shall we let's do it uh this is the episode titled armor spelled with a u mhm um just you know it's british show sometimes i forget like they all have british accents or you know yeah uk accents i guess some people have other parts of european accents too but you know i forget that it's not an american television series and then just little things like it's spelled with a u
0: yeah so yeah
1: armor um and it opens with uh lee scoresby played by lin-manuel miranda on a hot air balloon singing. Yeah. And the thing I wrote down in my notes is Lin-Manuel Miranda is not Sam Elliott. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we were just going to get into it right away anyways, because he, he is but, in the open, opening but let's, scene.
1: But you know, I didn't want to give away any of the the plot movement for someone who hasn't seen anything. You know, like, I'm sure you have particular gripes that you want to talk about. yes. So do they happen in this first hot air balloon scene? No,
0: they don't happen in this first scene.
1: All right. So let's wait until we get to your specific grievances. Um,
0: We get, we also see Hester, his demon. I like Hester. And I think Hester looks great. I do too. And she had a good singing voice.
1: Yeah. Um, And he tells us some more about Yorick that we're learning kind of up front before we even meet Yorick Uh, says that he's going to visit his friend who's an armored bear, but a seal hunter got him drunk and tricked him out of his armor.
0: Yep. We get some exposition here.
1: And then Hester agrees that a bear is nothing without his armor. So we we learn a lot right on top of this episode. Mm-hmm. And then this is one of the things I really liked about this episode because they're all in a similar location. They did these nice um, transitions between scenes where you're looking – at one character, but there's another character in the background. Or in this case, you're looking at the balloon, but he's looking from the balloon down to the Egyptian boat. Right. And then they cut to Lyra running to the front of the boat. Is that called mm-hmm. the prow? I don't know. What's, uh, I don't what's know. It called when you're I don't the know hunt? anything about boats. Oh well, uh, but you know.
0: I agree with with your take on how they cut the scenes together. They did that in general a lot. And that with characters felt nice. running into other characters, and that was very well done.
1: Yeah, that felt again, a little bit slower. Like I know we're still moving from here to there and getting a lot of exposition, but, um, it just was less jarring than like, and scene. And we're moving to a completely different location with completely different characters and colors and everything. It wouldn't
0: even have made sense because they're all in this smaller ish town. So it makes sense that they'd cross paths.
1: I liked it. I thought it was well done. Yeah, totally. Um, and then we get the credits rolling, and we know that they're all headed to Trollescent, which is this, like, oil town, drilling town. Is that the Industry impression Industry town. Get? Yeah. It's like sure. a like a big camp city. Mm-hmm. Um, and we open with Lee Scoresby on the docks in Trollescent asking around about Yorick.
0: hmm And the guy... The doc guy. I don't can't. He's sort of like a police
1: officer. Oh, I did. I do. I wrote it down. Sisselman or something. Sisselman. That sounds right. Um, who? I don't
0: know. He gives him.
1: You found out who that actor is. We did.
0: We did find out who that actor is. It is Dudley from the Harry Potter series.
1: Yeah, his eyes are very men. The eyes. I knew. They're kind of like set a little too close together or something.
0: Yeah, I. When I saw him the first time we watched it, I was like, his face looks really familiar, but I couldn't place it. Mm -hmm. Had to look it up.
1: Um, Yeah, so Lee is asking him, you know, have you seen a bear? And he replies, no, but I know that there's this aeronaut who has a bad reputation, basically.
0: Yeah, he gives him some tood.
1: And this is one of these nice changes in scene where we move from Lee scores, be having this conversation to the Egyptians just a little further down the dock. Also talking about their next move in Trollicent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. We get, uh, yeah. Fodder Corum and John Faw walking and talking about Serafina Pecola.
1: And they're talking about whether to bring Lyra to the witch council.
0: They are, they are. And then we, move from that very naturally into fodder quorum and Lyra walking and talking.
1: Lyra and Pan briefly on their own. Yeah. Too. And
0: Pan as a fox Arctic is cool. Fox.
1: Yeah. I like Pan as a fox.
0: It's very cute.
1: I noticed that the forms they have Pan in the most in the show are all, um, creatures that are like good at hiding or blending in. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like foreshadowing for Lyra's character.
0: Yeah. While they're talking, um, The Alethiometer comes up and Fodder Quorum kind of asks her about how she's able to read it and she busts it out to is she reading it then?
1: Yeah, no, this is one of these gripes that I have with the show. It's like this happens between her and fodder quorum. On a boat, on a canal boat, when she's kept under the docks, under the decks, sorry, because um, they're worried about her being seen and being captured by the magisterium. And so she, he asked her then, like in this world, this is like weeks ago, days ago, how do you read it? Can you read it? Can you demonstrate it for me? Mm-hmm. And it's all in private. Yeah, and so to we get we get the same conversation later, um, but now she's just like whipping it out in a public square. Yeah, I was like, this is so sketchy. She's brighter than that, and they should both know better. So it's just like a silly. It's just this
0: thing that's like nobody's supposed to have, and. And for her to just cavalierly right. pull it out and for neither of them to immediately be like, whoa, this maybe this isn't a great idea.
1: But at least we got this dialogue because this was something I thought that maybe they just glossed over and we weren't even going to get from the book. When she says that she reads it like um, stepping down on a ladder in the dark, like this is just one of the most memorable quotes from the book for me. And I really thought that they had just steamrolled over that part because we we're like moving ahead, you know, with the pacing in the show. And so I thought we weren't even going to have her explain how she read it. So I'm glad that we did get some of that explanation, but
0: too. And I'm pro more having more alethiometer time and, and explanation about that and showing it because it is such a big part of the story.
1: Right. Um, one little detail when they're walking up to the witch console's house, uh, Daphne Keene takes the stairs two at a time and I just love these little things that she's bringing out in the Lyra character that way. Mm. It's just yeah, like, it's like
0: a kid thing to do.
1: It's just, you know, those little things. I really still am enjoying Daphne Keene as the Lyra. Yeah,
0: she's doing a great job. Actually, both of them are just doing a great job consistently. Fodder and, yeah. and Lyra.
1: Yeah. Their yeah. scenes together are some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um. So then they, they get to the witch console and He pretty quickly, you know, he starts kind of like tough, like, well, I'm here to, on the behalf of all witches and not all witches agree. And some witches are even working with the magisterium. But like within a sentence or two, he's kind of like, all right, you're right. Kids are important. And I'm going to like tell you everything I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like not a very hard sell there for him to sway from being impartial.
0: He changes up his attitude about it pretty quickly.
1: Um, and he does mention when he's talking about what he knows, he says that they take them East. Uh, but he also talks about the children going missing from his town and that there's something called intercision.
0: And the Maestat process is also mentioned.
1: The Maestat process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but he still uh, isn't really going to help them until he tests her skill with the alethiometer.
0: Yeah. So he takes her into the basement and says, use your alethiometer to find Serafina Pecola's sprig of cloud pine. And she does. Mm -hmm. She chooses correctly. And to me, this scene was cool, but different than my imagined version of it in the book. Oh, so different. So different. I think she sent outside to get it That's and I, I was remember. imagining which brooms
1: me too yeah I thought it was a, a sprig of cloud pine like a branch like a pine branch yeah um and cloud pine I guess is just pine <laughs> it's like or spruce yeah. or whatever like that those needles that he pulled out of that little thing this is very particular um they didn't look like pine needles to me they looked like spruce
0: yeah I could see that
1: so Whatever. Come on. Yeah. Give me Cloud Pine. What's Cloud Pine? It sounds mystical. Yeah.
0: It did. I think it did look cool. It just wasn't what I was expecting.
1: No, it wasn't. But, um, but she passes the test. And she also, I think that in the book we learn that she asks the alethiometer another question about him when she has the opportunity to pull it out. And that's why she comes back with, What question should we be asking you that we are not? Yes. Um, but they didn't really. They didn't say that in the show. Mm-hmm. We didn't catch that. And they also didn't explain why moon and chameleon meant that, like, this was the sprig of cloud pine. Like, a little bit of, like, the symbols point to this, so I interpret them as that. And so I'm looking at the pine, yeah. and there's a visual yeah. representation or something, you know, like, some explanation about why she picked that I also, bottle.
0: Yeah, I also get how that's a tricky thing to convey without it turning into over-explaining
1: but that's what I'm here for. That's what I want. Explain it to me, you know? Um, but they, they made it seem like she was just a very cunning, um, you know, wise little girl that came up with that question all on her own. But I think that she had asked the alethiometer about that. No?
0: Yes. I, 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 I'm i almost 100% sure you're right.
1: Um, but it's a good thing she asked, because this is when the witch consul says... That you need an armored bear for where you're mm-hmm. going. Yorick Burnison.
0: Yes. From there we have Lara and Fodder Quorum going to talk to Yorick to find Yorick. Um, they ask him for his help. They ask what he's doing there as a Pianzerborn. Am I saying that right?
1: Panzerbjorn.
0: Panzerbjorn.
1: Pants are Bjorn.
0: Pants are Bjorn. I was close. It sounds like you're um, saying some... pant,
1: pants are born.
0: Pants are born.
1: Pants are born.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um...
1: Okay, back up. You. I feel like uh, I'm rolling through this recap, and every time I look up at you, you're like, oh, man, should I talk? Should I be recapping? Should I talk? No, it's all right. Um, but you, you're, you're giving us the broad strokes, but like, this is the first time we see Yorick.
0: Yeah. So well, I was just back way, breaking way down up the scene, but we see Yorick.
1: Back up to your first impression of Yorick.
0: I think he looks great. I'm very happy with how Yorick looks.
1: I want to hug him.
0: You know, I he wanna... looks a little rough and tumble. He's got some scars. I think that's so appropriate. It's very appropriate. Um, he's had a rough few years. Yeah. Um. I think they yeah. toned
1: down his drunkenness a little bit. They did. Again, In with the, the family friendly. There's the bit. later
0: scene that we'll get to eventually. And I think he comes off a little, he's supposed to come off a little more drunk when Scorsby's talking to him yeah, later but on. Still, but even that it's kind of not.
1: He just has to say, I'm drunk. And like, <laughs> yeah. it's not, I don't know. Yeah. Um,
0: who knows how hard it is to make a cgi bear seem drunk though, probably pretty also. hard i don't know probably kind of difficult
1: i'm impressed with the way the talking doesn't look crazy unnatural yeah um there's sometimes when the lighting around the cgi looks a little weird like they're just a little more vibrant than everything else because the set is Certain animals sometimes. more
0: than others
1: yeah and so that is like a clue to my brain that this is unnatural because the lighting is weird
0: in general though i was very happy with how he looks like i said i think i'm I'm very pleased yes good job
1: so um lyra confronts him and calls him a coward and he, he says i know about the child cutters and i i see what they're doing um and he huffs in her face, but he doesn't. He doesn't attack her for some reason. No, maybe because he's well, drunk and he doesn't have his armor.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know.
1: see a good reason why she should get off treating him that way. I mean, she's just kind of <laughs> she's
0: <laughs> coming at him. She's
1: she's overconfident sometimes. Let's say that
0: she is antagonizing him on some level and kind of pushing him to see how far she can push. Yeah. um, He kind of ends the conversation saying he's not for sale. And that's that for now.
1: And then we have our first like big cut away from this whole Trollison scenery uh, to the Magisterium. Do you have anything in that first like big chunk of Trollison that we didn't go over that you wanted to? No. Um. And so we're at the Magisterium, which is my least favorite set, and it like still your least still favorite. looks really crazy when she, when Mrs. Coulter is walking down this like big stone. I don't I even know. I liked her what, outfit her outfit looks great. She looks great. I mean, she never doesn't look great, right?
0: yeah, um that's the contrast too with them and their religious garb it's black sure, black and white
1: um so she's walking down this thing outside i don't know promenade no that's not I the right know. word i don't know what you call it there's Whatever. columns and stuff and all of the guards with their police dog demons mm-hmm. um and then she's walking down a stairway and tries to crack a joke and the the guy just like really no shuts jokes out here <laughs> but then we are back to this um would we call it a, a trope, a motif, I don't know what the right word is, when she slaps her demon's hand away, when it tries to, like, reach up to her?
0: Yeah. I wasn't, again, as I have been for most of these moments in the show, I I often don't know how to f- interpret it or feel about it.
1: So I'm increasingly interpreting it as she is pushing away her demon and... um. Like her demon would like to comfort her, or her demon would like some comfort from her, and she is denying that to both of them. Um, which to me speaks of someone who's like disconnected from their soul or from yeah. their higher self or whatever however you want to conceptualize yeah. that. Um, for better or worse. You know, like maybe her higher self is even more evil than she is without him (laughs) maybe (laughs) or maybe this is you know maybe this like separation is causing her to behave this way but there is definitely something about the way that she interacts with her demon that uh, is informing the character that she is now yes um and then where we get to another one of these rooms with like the super modern walls and the super modern lighting and Bench it looks so uncomfortable in there. That room, I'm like,
0: what is this room for? I mean, there's like cubes nothing in even, it, even
1: like seats or <laughs> like, what are they? What is
0: this? I just I t- am not also... sure
1: where they're trying to represent as a parallel to our world.
0: Uh, I, I went to know. the
1: EU Parliament building in Brussels once, and it was like more modern than our government buildings, but. It still didn't look like that. Like had like normal chairs for people to sit in, you know, because like people need chairs.
0: The aesthetic is lacking.
1: I don't know. I just don't get why they chose that aesthetic. But um, Father McPhail is waiting for her. And then the card cardinal comes in and she says, tell me what you're punishing me for. Well, no, she knows why they're punishing her. But tell me what the punishment is. Mm hmm. And the Cardinal says he's going to strip her of all of her duties related to the oblation
0: board. Yes. And uh, she's basically like, nah, that's not going to happen. She's so ready for that. She's like, yeah, that's not what's going to happen. I've got Lord Azriel and you're going to do what I want you to do because you want him real bad. So she leverages that. Um,
1: this is some of the um, overconfidence we see in Lyra. Really? Yeah, that's true. Because we are seeing that she's sort of, she literally walks to the corner. Like she's backed into a corner. She's playing, you know, an empty hand as Lyra was talking about with this. Um... Oh, we're not there yet. I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, like later in the episode, Lyra talking to Lee about playing cards. And she says sometimes a bad hand is the best because you can just bluff your way out of it. And like we learn later in this episode that that's exactly what Mrs. Coulter is doing right now.
0: Yeah, like she she's, doesn't have a she's plan. Overstating her position. Oh yeah. So she, to be more specific, she says she has Lord Azrael imprisoned by the Bear King Yofer. Yofer, which I never knew how to say, so I appreciated. I yeah. Having it spoke aloud in yeah. this episode. Um, she says she's going north tomorrow. Just really dominating these dudes and she also says she needs to have them read their alethiometer and answer a question for her which they kind of scoff at and are like that's really pushing it and she's like no you're gonna do it right so she goes to wait um, we're not there yet oh does that
1: no we go back to trollison first
0: oh yeah and
1: lyra and father Coram are like shopping for um seal skins or whatever their outerwear is called um, and Father Coram says, how did you know to show that guy the alethiometer, that guy meaning the witch console, and, and like, why did you trust him? And she says something really poignant. She says, I do myself more damage by not trusting anyone.
0: Yeah. Um. Which is a total 180 from not trusting any of the egyptians in i think last episode or whatever was that it was just last episode? i think it was just the last episode where yeah. she was like i don't trust any of you well
1: i mean this is more true to the character in the book where she you know just had like good instincts basically and she did know who to trust mm-hmm. and who not to trust that's why i was so thrown at that part in the i don't know if it was last episode I think it was or was episodes episode. ago but You know, when she was all doubtful, it's like, but you know these people and you have good instincts. It just really threw me. Yeah,
0: well, back to... She's
1: back. And she says, I just know who to trust. I trusted you, didn't I? And then she asked him about Serafina and their relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. And he goes on to explain to her that they had a child who died and that they just couldn't really cope with the death of their son. They wanted and, to handle that death differently. Yeah. They both had different ideas of how they were would deal with that.
1: Gosh, that has to be the hardest, saddest breakup of yeah. all time.
0: And he gets all teary-eyed and Understandably. Struggles through it and Yeah. Lyra gives him the puppy dog eyes and they have a moment.
1: Yeah. And um I was just was really looking at their knitting this whole time. Like We get a lot of long shots of their faces and their clothing in this scene. And so um, the Egyptians are knitters, you know? guess so. They are. I mean, her hat is cool. I was trying to figure out, like, how I could make that into a pattern as I was watching it again the second time. I bet you could do it. Well, there's some things about it, but I won't get into that. This is the wrong place to talk about knitting patterns. Um,
0: From here, we go into our boy, Lee Scoresby going into the bar, talking a lot, mixing it up.
1: So I imagine this is where you start to have problems with Lin-Manuel Miranda as Lee Scoresby. But um, um, this is where I actually started to come around to him. Interesting. Do you want to go first so that I can just like be the sugar to your Yeah, yourself? you can do that. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, so he's in here and he's kind of just, everybody's, doesn't want to talk to him and he asks about the bear and then they get very they get away and a fight breaks out and he's just the I guess I'm not sure how I feel about him being this more aggressive sort of character where
1: you took him for aggressive
0: yeah in comparison to how he is in the book i think he's a more laid back and has and has more of a charm intact to get the things he wants whereas this portrayal is just a little more over the top
1: it's very campy and at first i was not sure that that was what they were going for but then with this scene in the bar that made me sure that that's what they're going for a little more like comic relief and some camp thrown Mm -hmm. in there like it reminded me of dean from supernatural walking into a bar sure like with this kind of like full of yourself swagger and like all of these scrappy little tricks up your sleeve you know like how sam and dean will go to roadside bars and like hustle up a bunch of money playing pool and that's how they fund their whole ghost hunting enterprise like yeah. it reminded me a lot of that like he goes in there and picks a fight and then walks out with uh three watches in a wallet yeah so i i think i just sort of understood where they were taking him as a character and i'm okay with that you know i just wasn't you're right. It is a departure from the book, and it's a super departure from Sam Elliott.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. I'm just... Are you sure? No, I don't hate it. Okay. It's just I prefer the other version of this character, but I'm open to being swayed. This I is mean... our first introduction to him.
1: It is just a really good character, and so it's, again, one of those things where it's like, why did you bother to change this? But it is an adaptation, and now that we're four episodes in, halfway through the first season, I'm just sort of, like, in this place of acceptance, of, like, we've gone past, we're way past a very literal interpretation of some of the things that are happening in the book, you know? Like, so... Yeah, yeah, I can get down, and I can especially get down because I like Hester and I like her little like banter with him, like helping yeah, him. Yeah, I and, like
0: their interaction,
1: and I like his banter with Lyra. Like, I like that they're you like know, scheming together.
0: I I agree there too that they're when they're interacting together on screen, it it was good. Yeah,
1: so they're just taking it in a slightly more like comic direction, which is fine with me.
0: Yeah, like I buy their budding relationship
1: yeah we might be grateful for that relief later in the show yes you know like it's only going to get heavier and darker like literally darker but also you know yeah uh not literally darker (laughs) what's the word i'm looking for figuratively Figuratively and literally yeah so we might be happy for that Mm -hmm. um okay so then we're back at the Magisterium briefly, and Mrs. Coulter is talking to who I'm calling Rat Dude, Dude with a Rat Demon. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and he's the I translator. I think Lord Boreal calls him Ratty later in the episode. He does call Ratty later, and it was funny. Um, he, this is the guy that translates or reads the Alethiometer for the Magisterium. And Seems like he's not very good at it. It takes him weeks. I guess everybody else has a really hard time with it, um, and... Mrs. Coulter's question is Who is Lyra Belacqua?" And he's like, But don't you know? And she's like, Yeah, I effing know. But, you know, it's I want to know what the it's says. Yeah, this is bigger than that. And then we're back um, to Lyra and Lee Scoresby and Trollison and Father Coram is really cute in this scene. He's just like, I'm just following her lead. Yeah. Lyra (laughs) Lyra strikes up this conversation with Lee Scoresby when he's shouting into the public square, like, does anyone know where a bear is?
0: Yeah. And they have a little, you know, uh, standoff. Standoff? No. Is that the wrong wording? What am I, what am I trying to say? Um, Yeah. But they're kind of feeling each other out. Yeah. And uh, she asks what He wants what the bear, and they both are trying to get more info on Yorick than they have.
1: Yeah, they're just trying to suss it
0: out. And both choose to not give each other anything they already do know, right? And kind of go their separate ways.
1: Right. I mean, that's the first time that they interact, right? It is. No, it's not. Is it because she comes up to him and she says that your face is bleeding, so she must have seen him before? Well, that's
0: what. She comes up to him then. We cut back to... Yeah. That's their first interaction. Oh. Huh. It's like we cut back and it's like he had just been thrown out of I the see. bar and was gathering himself. I see. Yeah.
1: Um, And then we have a scene with Father Corum and John Fah talking about Lyra, but she's not there. And they're talking about the witch's prophecy that they think might be about Lyra. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Heavy sigh. Kaiza is not a goose. I know. What the? the, Okay, I'm just dropping the F bomb now. What the fuck? Like, why? Why change it? I mean, it was like an Osprey or a White Hawk or something, and it looked really cool, but. But. (laughs) There is no reason to change the demon. I just don't don't know know why they would do that. I don't know. I was
0: waiting for that goose. I, I knew you were going to be upset about this.
1: I just, it's like...
0: I I too was upset about it.
1: But why? I just don't get it. Yeah. Um. Makes no sense to me. But I mean, so if you're not a book reader, witches can send their demons farther away from their body than a human can. Like we've seen in the past that Lyra and Pan can only get so far away from each other without it hurting. And uh, Lyra thinks it's very weird that Mrs. Coulter's demon can be far away from her. Mm-hmm. But witches, this is normal. Witches can send their demon many, many hundreds of miles away yeah, from them—super like far away. Um, and I always, as a kid and an adult, took this as a um, a way to illustrate astral projection. I yeah. don't know if you ever thought about that that um, deeply, but you know, maybe like we've talked about this before. Or, but yeah, like people who can send their spirit farther afield from their body Uh, Mm um this is a superpower of the witches they can send their demon far far away to have conversations to intervene to do stuff um so this is kaisa who's supposed to be a goose like i just don't get it yeah i just
0: don't understand the like why why change it
1: i never thought i'd say this but it was a goose in the movie yes like
0: come on you could have made a goose
1: I'm like, I love me a, a hawk. I love an osprey. But like, like all the Egyptians
0: have hawks and stuff.
1: We don't need another hawk.
0: We've got enough hawks. Hawks
1: are cool. Hawks are one of the animals that I have a spiritual connection to, but geese are. Oh, whatever.
0: So. I don't even know how to recover. They're from talking that. to Kaiser. 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 Sorry. And, uh, you know, he sends happiness from Seraphina Pecola and. Asks if they've come to make war. and Very Fa- direct. Yeah, yeah, sure. To the point. Um, Father Quorum says if that's what it takes to get the kids back, then that's what we're going to do.
1: Right. He also tells them more specifically where um, the the station is, where the children are. Yeah. That they take them four days east inland, and I think I said that earlier, thinking that the witch consul said that, but I was wrong i I remember now that the witch consul told them they took them farther inland, but not specifically Didn't what direction where. or how far exactly he just knew that he took them inland yeah. some ways, and so this is very specific four days east, and it's called bullvanger, which yep. you know in my whole life, I never thought to translate bullvanger which apparently means fields of evil. I wonder what language. It, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I might have to look that up um, after this. Yeah, I never thought I to know.
1: to translate it before, but they translate it for us, so that's a nice yeah.
0: gift. Yeah, we also find out that the witches' alliances are split as we already could have gathered from what the witch council said, but it's reinforced here that they're not all in agreement on how to act upon this. Um, but Kaisa also says that Serafina and her Her clan, her clan.
1: Yes, it's a clan. That's what I
0: was going to say, but I was like, is that what the word is? It's a witch clan. (laughs) It's surely
1: a clan. Their clan
0: will be on their side.
1: Yeah, they, they receive that. And Father Coram's face looks filled with gratitude and relief. And he, it's like he knows it. He knew This woman very well. Obviously, they were lovers. They had a child together, but um,
0: it's also just been a long time. It's been
1: a long time. It's been 40 years. He wasn't sure. And yeah, so aside from Kaizen not being a goose, this scene was great. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I just really don't a big, understand. Like that's a big. What the fuck? The, right my there. mind goes to places like: Are they going to have the witches' demons change more? Because I think that they can change, whereas humans can can't. I? I think so. Mm. I think I remember that, but I could be misremembering. I don't that. know. Um. Or I could, or did they not think like, they did? Are but they going to have? I could be wrong. They're going to have some plan for this animal that a goose couldn't do. Because that's the other thing. It's like if they're going to have it fight or fly or do something. Like a goose could do anything. That's
0: what I was gonna gonna say. I'm like, they can fly too.
1: Right. And it can fight. It might not be as good of a fighter, but it can also fight. Uh, So I just don't understand. And you know, if it was gonna be like something very different for a different purpose, that would make more sense.
0: Yeah. Obviously we're displeased. I'm
1: hung up on it. I'm moving on. Not my favorite moment.
0: So from here we go to Lyra looking at the Aurora at yeah. night and it, it looks quite beautiful it does and it just, makes
1: a funny sound yeah i've never seen the northern lights do they make sounds like that
0: i i've maybe seen it once but i don't recall
1: all right listeners i know you're all over the world some of you might have seen the northern lights do they make sounds like that probably not <sighs> Is it just I like the magic that happens inside your so. body that makes you hear music when you see it? We're
0: not in our world either, though. So we're in their world. Maybe it makes well, noise in their world. if
1: anyone has been on the ground looking up at the northern lights, let me know.
0: Um, She sees a city in it.
1: Very briefly.
0: Very briefly. And then it goes away. Yes. And she says, maybe it's because of the alethiometer. It's kind I of didn't in unders- passing. I-, I was like, what?
1: All I thought was that maybe she she's associating dust with the Aurora and she's also associating dust with the alethiometer. So she's thinking that like whatever is powering the Aurora is also powering the alethiometer. Sure.
0: She also follows that with maybe it's Roger telling us where to go. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, And then Tony Costa walks up.
1: Before that, she asked Pan, do you think he's cold? And that was like a really sweet, tender, sad moment. Yeah. Pan says, I hope not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Tony Costa shows up. You think there's nothing to this?
0: Still, still don't think there's anything to this. Okay. They talk about Roger and Billy and how they're going to find them.
1: I'm shipping for Lyra I and Tony don't,
0: Costa. I still don't think there's anything there. This didn't make me feel different than I already felt.
1: We'll see at the end of the whole series who knows what about what? We'll see. Um, so after the scene with Lyra and Tony, we are back with Lee and Hester, and they're still looking for Yorick. And they find him, and he informs them that he's drunk. He doesn't he informs seem, them. He doesn't seem too drunk he to me. Come across as <laughs> incredibly drunk. He's just like drunk. eating dinner in his work Se- shed or something.
0: A real half-hearted attempt to make him seem kind of drunk here. and...
1: Yeah, and Lee's kind of like yelling at him. Yeah. This is probably my least favorite Lee scene. He's just, yeah, he's just like, maybe if I'm louder, then he'll come with me.
0: Yeah, Mm. he does not sway him.
1: Um, And then we move from that. Um, York just tells him to go away, and he does. And then Lee goes to... Sesselman, we're assuming like the next morning because it's dark when Lee does this and then we yeah. see him in the bright light of day again and he's going to this I think they're like a police force, but like maybe hired by the oil company, the drilling company or something, you know, like they don't look I, like a um like a community operation. They look mm-hmm. like a hired mercenary kind of police situation. But yeah. he goes to Cecilman's office and he tries to um sway him that he actually owns the bear's armor and so he should get the armor back
0: yes and dude's not having it and gets all frazzled and is basically like don't try to get over on me um don't mess with the magisterium
1: right but he says one thing that is important for people who don't know about the Panzerbjorn already. He says he's a bear and he can't be a slave to you or to anyone. So after this, we've got Mrs. Coulter on an airship. And um, this is one of these additions where I think this is more about the character of Mrs. Coulter than anything else. Like we don't really learn anything plot wise here.
0: Yeah. She's writing... She's practicing I'll, her speech that yeah, she's going to she's give to
1: Um But the big takeaway for me was that her demon comes over and it looks like he's about to speak, and she shushes him basically.
0: Yeah, more suppression.
1: Right, and so this again confirms my idea that they're trying to show her just like not listening to her mm-hmm. demon. Yeah, and like we literally never hear this demon speak.
0: No. So no, we haven't at all, right? No. Nope. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, and then we go back to Lyra, Father Quorum, John Faw, and um, she's trying to convince them that they can't leave yet because they have to go and get Yorick. Like they haven't won Yorick over yet. Nobody has. Yorick's just like said no to them and said no to Lee. And, yeah. Um, Father Quorum doesn't want to bring him. Or is it John Faw that? John Faw. John Faw, John Faw that
0: says, "No, we're not doing this."
1: And Lyra like pulls out the alethiometer to consult it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: John Faw not happy about that. Um, and then we cut to a very quick scene with Boreal at the Magisterium and with Rat Guy. Ready. Ready, and uh, he takes another. <laughs> route with ratty and he uh just blackmails him
0: yeah apparently dude, <laughs> dude he just alludes to some sort of perversions or sickness this guy filthy has filthy predilections yeah so
1: i mean hmm. you know where my mind goes yeah with that. i'm like oh, but they so they're keeping it veiled they're also keeping it obvious i don't know they're walking in a line i haven't actually like read anything about backlash to the series because of this but i'm not sure
0: yeah i don't i don't know but it's all Um, just illusion
1: but anyway he's blackmailing ratty and he wants to know how can i find what Grumman discovered that's the question he wants to ask the alethiometer yeah um and so this is confirmation from from the last episode where uh, Thomas—is that his name? This other guy that he's with in the other world. Yeah. asks him if he's the lone operator, and the answer is yes because he's trying to like go over the cardinal's head here, like he doesn't want anyone to know what he's doing.
0: Right, and he just back to the whole blackmail thing is kind of like you're gonna do this because, or I'm gonna put you on blast for whatever weird shit you're getting into. Yep. Um, from there. We see Lyra, and she's interacting with um, Lee again.
1: Back up. Pan gives her this idea.
0: Does? Oh, is that what happens? She,
1: Lyra, the scene opens with Lyra talking to Pan. Okay. And Pan says, you know who, how we can get that bear? Like, you know who knows this bear? Ah, right. Right. And then they, so go, then they go to, to talk to game. Lee and Hester.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And... She tells Lee that they want to employ him and Yorick, and this is the whole card metaphor thing that lo- that you were talking about earlier. That's the scene, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love this scene between the two. This of was a very
0: good scene. Be- this, yeah, this kind of brought me around a little bit, despite my concern about Lin Manuel.
1: I mean, she's beating him at his own game in more ways than one, right? Yeah.
0: I like her eating him his bacon as yeah. well while she's it's sitting very, there.
1: It's <laughs> very, it's good. Um, and I also like when she's asking him how to get Yorick's help. And he actually never ends up telling her. She's just like talking it out loud, bouncing ideas off of him. And then she says, hey, wait a minute. I just got to get his armor back. And he says, hey, you got there without needing my help. Like, I yeah. really like that.
0: Yeah, that was, it was, it was a very good scene between the two of them. Mm-hmm um
1: so then she steals his bacon and runs out the door while his back is turned it's very cute and um she's going straight to York to tell him where his armor is
0: yep yep and this right.
1: i would call this like the the climax of this episode mm-hmm. when she tells Oh for sure. York where this the armor is and he scene. runs through the town destroying things and hurting people and mm-hmm. goes into the is it a church? It looked like know. a church to me. She That's called what it I, something else, but I thought I they said an
0: armory or. An...
1: It could be armory. I th- yeah, I I couldn't. But catch, it looks like a church. I couldn't catch the word. It st- started with an A.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But he goes into this building, and then when he comes back out, he is, uh, Panzerbjorn clad in armor, and. That was an impressive scene.
0: Yeah, it looked really cool with his armor on. I thought they nailed. That whole look, I think so. It didn't I, what? look. I, I was worried it would look kind of like tacky or too CGI'd out or something like that. But it, I thought it, it. it no, it didn't look tacky at I all. I thought it looked great. It has like, kind of, a little rough around the edges. I thought he was like looking the armor a little itself.
1: smaller than I had imagined him in some scenes before that. But then when he stood up in front of that building, I was like, oh yeah, there You're it like, is. Yeah. Um.
0: Big ass bear.
1: Yeah. And Lyra and Lee have a moment later in this scene when Lyra is asking him to like spare Cecilman and just come with them. They mm-hmm. have a, they share a look. Yeah. Like they both Yeah, it's like the trio is here.
0: Yeah. They team up to get yeah. Yorick to not kill dude <laughs> yeah. and uh just come with them and they peacefully walk away from the the whole Potentially right, bad situation here,
1: and then uh, we see Serafina's demon flying overhead as Yorick Lee and Lyra walk towards the Egyptians. Yeah, I thought that was cool, and and like I like that, but just it could have been a goose. Mean, really, I'm not gonna get over it, I agree. Um, and then we watch Lyra try to convince Father Coram and John Faw, but mostly John Faw to take yeah, mostly Yorick just John Faw and. Lee scores B and Lee finds out hands.
0: that she played him a little bit
1: <laughs> again. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good.
0: He has a good, his, his reactions in the scene are good.
1: Yeah. I think that they good will play off each other. Well, and I think that Lyra and Yorick will also play off each other. Well, yeah. Um, I, so I'm looking forward to the, the next few episodes that have more of these three interacting.
0: Yeah. My, my concern was more overall how they're playing his character and not as you. much and not as much a um a critique on like his interactions with the other characters are good. Yeah. So that gives me some confidence going forward.
1: Um and then we cut to seeing the airship parked outside of a cave on mm-hmm. some ice in the far far north and Mrs. Coulter is inside the cave and we can't see Eofur but Yofa, Yofur, Yofur. Uh, what does he say, Yofer, You know, uh, and we can't see him, but we can hear him, and she's trying to convince him to, um, do what she wants, which is barter baptism for her control over Azrael, which seems like a not very good trade to me. Yeah, but, um. <sighs>
0: I guess the bigger thing is... I'm
1: wondering how much I could say without spoiling from the well,
0: books. Well, without saying anything really from the books, like the twist on the baptism is Yofer's acceptance into the inner circle of the magisterium and their whole deal.
1: I think I can say this much. Yofer wants to be human. He wants to be accepted by humans. Mm -hmm. He wants to think of himself as human. So there's certain things that go along with that that he doesn't have access to. And this might be one of them. Baptism and acceptance by the church. Yeah. Um, There's
0: also the... It's also said that there's never been a bear that's been baptized or accepted by the church magisterium, whatever. Right.
1: So... Um, but this is also where we learned that Mrs. Coulter was maybe um, over, over yeah. crediting herself earlier.
0: Counting in what... her chickens before they hatched.
1: Yeah. Um, but it does seem like she gets the job done and we see her leaving. And then the last scene of the episode is back in Trollocent, like the outskirts of Trollocent. And we see the Egyptians walking presumably east, four days east. Uh with Yorick and Lee and Lyra,
0: yep, off on to continue their journey i I will say too just briefly to go back to the yofer mrs coulter scene when we when Yofer does pop his head out with his armor and everything, it looks pretty cool. His armor looks cool, I thought yeah, it's very fancy.
1: I like her coat and her hat yeah.
0: she's all episodes I mean, she's always coming with the looks,
1: yeah, that's part of her thing,
0: yeah, um, no matter where she is gotta look good
1: so do you have any like post recap hot takes that you haven't shared Um, yet
0: there i think there's only one thing i would like to go into to have a sort of book spoiler discussion area where people can tune out if they don't want to hear any of that
1: all right well uh this is your warning if you haven't read the books, I don't know what you're gonna say, so how many books do they have to have read?
0: Just the first book
1: okay if you hadn't haven't read the Golden Compass, yeah, you should you should
0: probably turn this off unless you don't care So yep, you've been warned going forward so the whole Yofer baptism thing versus playing up how he is in the books with wanting more than anything else to have a demon right and be human right it's an interesting change to me
1: again i can't tell yet why they did that and i don't know if it's because um show watchers don't know yet what exactly intercision is which i will still not say Unless you know, in case someone was like, Oh, I'm not gonna read the book, I'm just watching the show, la la la. Like I'm not gonna tell you what intercision is, but they're
0: his motivations seem altered, but
1: yo first? Yeah. Then in the book?
0: To some extent. I just or I don't think changing... we know enough yet in the show. It's a little early. but I don't but, think we can say that. Um I guess I could kinda get why the Maybe they'll get there with him wanting a demon.
1: I think they have to.
0: I feel like they have to.
1: I I think that that is pivotal to some parts of the plot that are yet to come.
0: I also playing him in a way where he's very um, like confrontational towards Mrs. Coulter is kind of interesting because I feel like. We get the perception in the book, even though I'm not even sure if they actually have an interaction together, that like he is very much in awe of her and like defers to her. And there's a certain perception of their relationship that came across differently in this episode.
1: So you finished reading The Golden Compass and I didn't. So I haven't reread that part Recently, mm-hmm. We still have that last bit, which is my part to do the book report for to go. So I cannot speak to that at this particular moment in time. Well,
0: I just wanted, I just thought that was worth discussing a little bit, but it's, it was like two minutes of the episode. So we'll see how they play it going forward.
1: Yeah. I, I'm not, sh- I'm with you. I don't know why they chose to change that, but there's so much like that in the show. And you know they're changing timelines around a little bit, and we're seeing sometimes things that only happened um in the narration in the book, you know, like this we're we're getting a scene where we're seeing these two together where in the book, I don't think that ever happened. it was just that we we're told that they did have interactions, yes, yeah, and so that's right, um, I can't tell if it's just extrapolation based on what they think could have happened in those mm-hmm. scenes or if they are moving things around in time. Cause there's some chronological differences in the show than in the book. Yeah. Um, but I think it's too soon to say in the show, I think that'll be revealed to us.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll find out soon enough. Um, in general, I do like that. They're showing us some of the things that are sort of, um, implied in the book and not that, that aren't necessarily said, but, we know we know of people to have interactions just because of their relationship, and they're showing some of that in the show, and we don't get some of those interactions in the book. Yeah, and I do I, like, I like that. A lot of that. Some of the boreal stuff is like that, I think right. too. But yeah, I think yeah, I think that's um, all I had for book spoiler section stuff.
1: All right. Well, yeah. I don't have anything like that for this one. For me, this was much closer to the book than some of the previous episodes. And so mm-hmm. I was grateful that it was um, not as much new and more like walk- watching a depiction of the book that I had read and loved. So that felt nice. Um, and I don't think I have that much speculation. I'm, I'm back in the saddle. I'm like content to wait and see how they play it out. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it went a little bit slower
0: yeah i was happy with it
1: um i do want to say before we get off for the day that if you have listened this far to four or five episodes of the show and you like it feel free to leave us a review because that would be helpful
0: yes we would appreciate that
1: um and if you don't like it don't leave a review
0: (laughs) stop listening (laughs) it's that easy (laughs)
1: um and it's cool that you've listened so thank you very much appreciate
0: anybody that's listening
1: um i've never done a podcast before and it's pretty neat to see people listening from all over the world yeah very cool that's cool and we will be back next week after next week's episode yep see ya
0: bye